Welcome to the Last Drinks Podcast. I'm obviously Will Hitchens. If you're listening to this, enjoy the soothing sounds of my sexy voice. And if you get to watch this, well, it's an added bonus. <laughs> my guest today is a founder of Brush It Off, the original refillable toilet brush, your convenient solution to brushing the shit off. And she's going to be brushing some shit off in this chat today. <laughs> this is Georgia Spicer, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm under the understanding that this is the first podcast you've ever done. It is. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for joining me. Thanks and, for having me. And letting us take your podcast virginity. You know? Thanks. It's the fucking first virginity I've ever taken in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we believe here that this is where the stars are made because, you know, every, everything's up from here after appearing on our lovely little podcast for sure. So I believe that. Yeah. So we're, we're all about keeping it real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're very casual here, very unorganized. But, um, yeah, so we, we've crossed paths numerous times in various well, – a couple of gyms in our Thank area. <laughs> and uh, we both train at S30 Mermaid Beach at the moment. Oh, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, just plug in everything. Um, Sponsorships welcome. Yeah, spo- well, they are welcome. We are, we are open to sponsorship. Um, and you, and I guess one of the conversations after one of the workouts, you mentioned you were sober, which always sparks my curiosity. There's mm. another sober person in the wild. I know, we're so rare. <laughs> it's great. You're just like, yay, another one. And yeah. so... Yeah, that sparked my curiosity and that's what brings you here today. Mm. And then, I mean, then I've learned that you have uh, your own company with this uh, toilet brush, which we'll get into as well because you've brought it with us. And yeah, so how long have you been sober for? So July 2021 um, was kind of the last time that I drank. Mm -hmm. I definitely like got curious about being sober for the years leading up to it, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately weren't able to fully commit until I was just sick of my own bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. I think it gets to a point in your life where you're like, okay, enough is enough. Like I can't continue doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So yeah, in July, 2021 with the help of um, a girlfriend of mine who had been sober as well, we Mm -hmm. kind of, she mentored me and helped me yeah, stay on track. Um, but ultimately it's a choice that you have to make within Mm. yourself. Like I think there's so many people that can tell you what you're doing is ridiculous or, you know, you're hurting people, whatever you're doing is not naughty. Um, but I think it ultimately comes down to the choice that you make within yourself that you have, you're just had enough, um, Mm. and you want better. And I think everyone always knows that they're capable of so much more, but it's just such a cultural thing at the moment that it's so socially acceptable to drink like you can't go out you can't make friends like mm. everything is around going out and getting fucked up mm. and I was like this is so wild um and I think as well like when I moved up to the Gold Coast because I'm originally from Melbourne mm-hmm. I actually had to physically take myself out of a cycle in Melbourne to create a new environment and mm. I think environment is the most important thing for mm. what I have found for me yeah um that you are a product of your environment you mm. know show me your friends I'll show you future unfortunately all my friends are fucking alcoholics <laughs> 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 and I love them so yeah, much yeah. I still have a great relationship with them now but I think in order to succeed you have to surround yourself with successful people or mm. if you want to do epic things you need to be around people who are doing epic things because ultimately that's how you get inspired right like if you're hanging out with someone who is planning their Friday on a Monday, 
then they're probably not really focusing on the present moment and what they can actually do with their life on that Monday. Mm. I love Mondays now. I used to fucking hate Mondays. Yeah. A, because I'd be getting home like yeah. at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning and <laughs> having to be at work at 9. Mm. Um, but now I love my Mondays. Yesterday may have been the exception because I had a shocking day, but I think that's life, right? Yeah. But yeah, I just think that life is so much fulfilling um, being sober and fuck, I've learned so much about myself. It's mm. wild. Yeah. So how would you define sober? Because I guess a lot of people will define it in their own way. Is it just, so you're just nothing? So no, what was, so no. <laughs> the no D detox. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention that yesterday. So that was, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll explain it to you. So obviously yeah. it was the four Ds. So mm-hmm. no dick, no drinking, no drugs and no darts. I mm-hmm. used to do all of the above in excess. So I was like, if I want to achieve something that I've never done, I have to do something that I've never done. So I looked at, I guess, what was probably preventing me from doing that. It was my attachment and my relationship with all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I can do this. Like I, I set myself a goal and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm competitive, but I think if I set out to do something, I have to be able to achieve that for myself. And I think as well, working on, you know, the toilet brushes I mentioned and creating a company, a lifestyle with all of those things at the forefront didn't allow for me to create a future that I was proud of, Mm -hmm. like going out every weekend, getting fucked up, sleeping with people that I didn't really care about, that didn't care about me, Um, you know, doing all of these things. It was just like, that's not fulfilling Mm. at all. And that's not going to lead me to a future that I'm proud of. So yeah, something had to change. So in order to do that, I was like, okay, we'll start with the 4D detox. I set myself a goal of three months because I'm like, at least that's a realistic (laughs) time frame Mm. well I thought it was Um, and I did start that in July when I went sober Mm -hmm. three months later in November last year I didn't drink but I definitely broke the 4D detox which day? (laughs) have a guess (laughs) the one I struggled with the most and it's so wild everyone's like you know what's been the hardest thing about going sober and I was like, well, let's talk back about that 4D detox. Like it wasn't really the drinking for me. Mm. I think because when I decided to take out the drinking and the drugs, I had healthy tools. Like I was totally unrealistic to think that I could just stop and that was it. Ultimately, you're escaping something mm. through drinking and taking drugs. So when you've got zero escape, you're stuck with you and your emotions. And that's a fucking scary thought for most mm. people. It was certainly for me. So in order to be able to go through the motions in a healthy way, I knew that I needed to find a healthy outlet. Mm. Um, And, you know, that just looked like processing emotion in a healthy way, which I had no idea about, like journaling, meditating, you know, just drinking enough water, eating the right foods, going to the gym, moving my body, getting out in the sun. Like, it's really simple shit. Mm -hmm. Like, And I think we just overcomplicate it as human beings, but we're not taught this in school. Like, you're really taught just to, I don't know, get vaccinated or something. Mm. Like, just this shit that doesn't serve you. Um... And I just, yeah, I don't know. I had a beautiful friend of mine who, yeah, she really helped me, I guess, I wouldn't say substitute, but find healthier ways to deal with what was going on Mm -hmm. inside, which, you know, looked like talking about it because I was always that girl that was having a great old time and getting fucked up and life at the party. Mm. And then all of a sudden she stops drinking and she's crying and dealing with her emotions. Like there was such a stark contrast Mm. between that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about being open about all the things. And I think that's where kind of brush it off comes in. It's like brush off the shit 
talk about the reality of life. Mm. No more of this highlight reel. And I think I posted something the other day that kind of, yeah, spoke a bit about, you know, where I was and where I am now and how I did that. And it was obviously through being sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like everyone should be sober. Sober's the bomb. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, it's so much better. <laughs> it is. Like, you don't really understand life until you experience it in its fullness, which mm. for me is through the lens of being sober. Um, yeah, like I couldn't imagine going mm. back to drinking because you just show up as a pretty average version of yourself, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd do some really questionable shit drinking that I wouldn't even imagine <laughs> doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing so. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride, but definitely wouldn't change it for the world, that's for sure. Yeah. So we'll go back, I guess, prior to 13 months and we'll talk about how spicy you used to be. I put the spice in spicy. Yeah. <laughs> what was, so is, was your vice more drugs or was it, I mean, it was a mixture of both? Well, I think it's a gateway, right? Like mm. you start drinking and the first thing you do as soon as you have a glass of wine, you're like, let's get a bag. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, my personality clearly is zero to 100 yeah. real quick. And, you know, it was no different in that life. You know, I'd probably be the instigator of all my friends. Like, definitely always been that person to get everyone together. And I still do that now, but obviously in a healthier way. Mm. Um, But, yeah, we're like, let's go out. Let's get a bag and, you know, get fucked up. And I'm like, looking back now, and I could never just stop Mm. at one. A, because I am a very social person, but I didn't know how to go out in a healthy way be surrounded by people without thinking that I needed to please people by being that person. Mm -hmm. So the connection that I had with these people was going out, getting fucked up. So there's no, that's not, that's not genuine. Mm. Um, But yeah, I just definitely didn't have a balance. Um, And I don't know if there is such thing as a healthy relationship with drugs and alcohol. I think you have to ask yourself why you are going out to get fucked up and to get a bag. Like Mm. no one that loves their life totally and a hundred like a hundred percent love their life would feel the need to go and escape something no in the way of drugs and or alcohol Mm. so yeah i don't know where i even start on the spicy stories (laughs) i mean i think like you were saying i mean a lot of people wouldn't want to ask that question they'd rather just have the bag instead Mm. like i think they might think it might be a difficult question to answer like Am I actually enjoying my life? Is my life actually good that I need to yeah, get on it every weekend? Or is it just a pattern that's just formed from, you know, I guess as they've grown up that, oh, well, this is what we do normally. I mean, that was it for me was just, it was just, okay, this is what we're doing. This mm-hmm. is how we socialize. This is how we have a good time. Um, so, yeah, I guess what paint us a picture of a of a weekend with Georgia. <laughs> Well, it could be anywhere from just going out with the girls on a Wednesday. Like, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't know if I should be saying this, but <laughs> it got to a place where Wednesday Wines and Lines was a permanent fixture on the calendar. Like, <laughs> we got we got through the weekend to then only have to wait Monday, Tuesday and then get fucked up on Wednesday night. Yeah. And, you know, and then I could be off on a plane to somewhere with mm. some random going to Dubai or not Dubai, I went to Thailand, sorry. Um, and... <laughs> And I just think the situations that I used to put myself in, I didn't think about it. Mm. Like I was so spontaneous and it 
looking back was quite dangerous. Like, mm. I didn't know half of these people. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's get on a plane and go somewhere. Like, okay, where are we going? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one minute I'd be in Thailand, the next minute I'd be in Bali and then Singapore. And I was like, <laughs> my parents were like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I don't know. She'll be right. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and it was just like, it didn't even occur to me that something could possibly go wrong. Mm. I was just like, thought in my head I was living my best life. Mm. And it's like, in what world do you live in? Like, I think now if I had children and they told me that they're on a plane to meet some random that they'd never met in a country that they'd never been to, mm. like, where does that... Yeah. You're just like, what? And I just didn't give a shit. Mm. I was just like, this is going to be the best thing ever. Mm. Until it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, always life always seems like such an adventure when you're under the influence of, yeah, drinking and drugs and everything's like, woo, this is great. Yeah. And then, like, oh, you got a story to tell. It's just like, yeah, I just wound up in a plane in another country. <laughs> doing a whole heap of shit I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting because I think it's so far, like, I've done the work to be able to heal from, I guess, the trauma caused from a lot of the shit I did mm. in that time that I forget. Yeah. Partly because I have the memory of a goldfish, but also because it just, I don't know, it's such a different part of who I am now that it's mm. just so far. But someone messaged me the other day and I hadn't seen them for about, I don't know, two or three years. The last time I saw them, they were dropping me a bag of, well, not a bag, an ounce of Coke. And I just thought, wow. And anyway, I ring him and we caught up and, oh, sorry, he rang me and he's like, it's been a while he's like how are you like what's life i'm like yeah good like i'm actually sober and <laughs> invited this ex-drug dealer that just got out of jail to church and he's like what the fuck he's like it's been it's been a long time since we've caught up he's mm. like a lot's changed yeah he's like the last time i saw you i was dropping you an ounce and you were having a threesome crown <laughs> i was like fuck. you know so i and i forget about that yeah like, and it's just now, like, obviously having done a total 180, like, mm. no drinking, no drugs, no sex, no nothing. Mm. Like, it just shocks me that that was me. Yeah. Like, I'm not that person anymore. When people say you can't change, like, I disagree with that. Like, you can mm. absolutely change. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, we'd be products of that because, yeah, like, the person I used to be, I don't recognize anymore. And I've got, I, I got videos of myself when I was yeah, in my heavy drinking days and I don't recognise who that guy is anymore mm. and the people, all the people that I hang around with now didn't know that person mm. so they can't fathom that that, per that that was another part of me in another life mm. and it's a, yeah, it is testament that yeah, you can change it's just, yeah, you got to be willing to do the work and um, see the possibility that you can change and get out of this, out of this mm. bad cycle so what was it for you? What was the, the catalyst that got you, all right, I need to make a change, too many, too many Wednesday wines and lines? And <laughs> to be honest, it was probably the people I hurt because mm -hmm. I don't think you have – there's no level of consciousness that's aware of your actions onto somebody else. Mm. And, you know, when you're in it, you don't realise how much you're actually hurting the people around yeah. you. And I was in a relationship um, at the time that was probably – I wouldn't say my worst, but it was a time in my life that was worse than others. Mm. <clears throat> it was the end of 2016. I just lost my mum, and that's definitely not an excuse. I don't think we can use things that have happened to us to excuse bad behaviour, but at that time I didn't know any different. So yeah. I thought, learn behaviour, right? Like the only way I knew how to deal with something was to go and write myself off. So I was in a relationship, and 
I was dealing with this trauma from, you know, years of life by going out and getting fucked up. And then this poor person who I'd agreed to be in relationship with was suffering so mm. majorly because I didn't know how to deal with all this shit that needed to be dealt with. Mm. So as a result, I've hurt this person so much. And over the course of, you know, four years, which is so unfair because, yes, I feel he has a responsibility because he chose to be in that relationship, but I had a responsibility to leave as well. Mm. But I was so attached to him because I didn't have another way out. Like I thought drugs and alcohol the only way, but then clinging on to this other person for survival Mm -hmm. and then watching how much it ruined his life when he did finally break away from me just reminded me that I'm actually not that person. Like I do have the potential to be so much better than what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but it has to start. It does. It starts and ends with me. Mm. So whilst that whole situation allowed me to get more curious about my behaviors and how my actions were hurting others, it wasn't the catalyst. It Mm. was, I guess the first, yeah, the first indication that my actions were not nice. Yeah. Um, and probably through drugs and alcohol, I was hurting this human. And then becoming more aware, that's when you're just like, fuck, you can't be aware of something and then do nothing about it because ultimately you're a shit cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, something's got to give here. And I was just, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? Mm. And I was continuing to hurt the people that I so-called love. And I'm like, if I really love these people, then I've got to stop doing this mm. shit. So, yeah, I obviously moved to the Gold Coast in September 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. It was during COVID, Um, you know, Melbourne being the most locked down city in the world. I was like, fuck this. Lots of people wanted to get out, yeah. (laughs) Well, I had to because Mm. I felt like I was institutionalized. Like, Mm. you know, we were locked down. So someone who's got a problem with drugs, it was a perfect opportunity to never have to leave the house but Mm. just get, you know, pretty fucked up every night. Yeah, yeah. So the first lockdown, I was like, I'm not drinking because I know how this is going to end. And then by the end of it, I was just like, fuck this, like give me everything and anything. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I was just like, I can't keep doing this. Like I need to actually get out of this whole cycle because nothing changes if nothing changes. So I was like, I need to make a pretty drastic change in order to create a life that I know that I'm capable of living. So I moved up, did the hotel quarantine didn't have a job, didn't have anywhere to live, nothing. I was like, I've got two weeks in hotel quarantine to work it out. And if this is meant to be, it will be. Mm -hmm. Like what's meant for me won't pass me by. And I truly believe that. So I packed two suitcases, got on a plane, did my hotel quarantine and lo and behold, found a job and accommodation whilst in hotel quarantine, got out. And then the first night I got out, I went on a three-day bender and I was like, this is not why you came here. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was so excited and that was kind of what I knew. Like, mm. to celebrate, you got fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, no, this is not it. But anyway, I got pretty sucked up in the cycle for probably the next um, eight months um, or thereabouts. And yeah, and then I was like, you know what? You moved up here not to create the same cycle, attract Mm. the same people and do the same shit. Like you came up here to change, to do something different. Um, And so I moved into an apartment on my own after being homeless. Like I kind of got to my version of rock bottom Mm. in May 2021 um, where it was obvious that what I was doing wasn't working. Like every part of me was falling apart. And yeah, I was trying to find a house and obviously it was a rental crisis like mm. there was a lot of people in the same boat so I was kicked out of the place they were knocking it down so I was sleeping on the couch in this communal laundry anyway they found out so they 
said I've got 5 p.m. to find somewhere. And, you know, someone who's spending thousands and thousands of dollars a week on cocaine didn't have available funds apparently to find home no. housing. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, so, it's good priorities, you know. <laughs> well, I always had my priorities, yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and so, I, yeah, I found a house which was just a miracle in itself, which is where I still live today. And, yeah, like I got in and I'll never forget that feeling of, A, finally having security. Mm. I was like, this is mine. Like I have a signed lease for 12 months. No one can kick me out. No one can take this from me. Like this is my safe place. And I was like, shit's got to change. Like if you don't do something about this, your life is going to be the same shit in five years, 10 years. And I didn't want to have children and bring them into an environment where it wasn't a safe space. Like Mm. growing up for me was, I'm very lucky and I love my mum, my dad, obviously my late mum, but my dad and I have an amazing relationship now. But that's because I was able to take the drugs and alcohol out of it and actually start to build a relationship with him in a healthy way. Mm. Like there was so much resentment and so much unforgiveness because we did grow up in a house where, you know, drugs and alcohol were a frequent thing and Mm -hmm. I spoke to them about, you know, my drugs and alcohol and there was always drinking around like since we were kids and we joke about it. But Mm. at the end of the day, like what you learn between zero and seven sets a pretty solid foundation in how the rest of your life is going to look unless you choose to do something Mm -hmm. about it. So, yeah, it took me a lot of forgiveness in my heart to be able to build the relationships with my family again and just do something different. Like I'd always had this idea of, you know, brushed off since 2017 and... I was just so consumed by other bullshit that wasn't serving me. Mm. And I was just like, this is it. Like, you've finally got your safe place. You've got the relationship with your family back. Now you can actually focus on doing what you know you can do. Mm. So I started working just so hard on creating this product, which is, you know, a testament to brushing off the shit. Like, Mm getting real about where you're at like we live in such a world that is such a highlight reel Mm. it's you know we're living by comparison we turn on you know the tv or instagram or social media whatever it is like it's either so negative and consumed with bullshit or there's like the next best thing on how you have to change yourself in order to fit in Mm. and it's like that's not reality like whatever happened just accepting everyone for who they are like Mm. i think there's something pretty special in unity and I think obviously after COVID, there was so much division in the world that just like separated people. And there was a, you know, it was a pandemic. They Mm. were so isolated and lonely. And I was just like, this isn't it. Like, Mm. I don't expect to change the world, but I expect to change my world. And so that will then hopefully create a ripple effect Mm. and people want to change their own and know that they are capable of changing their life. And all it does is take one choice yeah like all you have to do is make a choice that you want a better tomorrow Mm. because of the choices that you make today and then you reverse engineer like it's not that difficult but i Mm. think we just overcomplicate it right yeah it's really not that hard just get started yeah yeah it's like yeah i mean i think for a lot of people i mean myself even when getting sober seeing trying to get sober is this huge thing Mm. and then just bringing it back down to like smaller sort of choices where it's just like well i don't have to have a drink today instead of i'm never going to drink again Mm. for the rest of my life you know it's just focusing on today and so what steps did you take i guess when you've decided right well i'm going to make a change um do you have any sort of tips and steps that you took uh in those beginning days to 
commence your no your no D dict detox. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just um, don't. And I think that's a lot. It's obviously easier said than done. But I think for me personally, when I make a decision now it's so important for me just to stick it out Mm. like I know that there's going to be days and there have been days where it's so much harder than others but I think the discipline required to be able to do that is something that people just don't have Mm. because we lose focus yeah you know especially in this day and age like people just give up Mm. like the going gets tough and the easiest thing to do is just run Mm. and it's just like you need to be able to find something that you can replace those bad habits with good Mm. habits so for me, it just looked like creating rituals that worked. And it's different for everyone, like depending on your beliefs and your faith. Like I don't mean to say it, but spirituality is trending. Mm. And I don't think people actually understand who they are. Like I had an identity crisis. Mm. I got to 30 because I was sober for the first time in my life. I didn't even know what a, like my value system was. Mm. I didn't know my belief system or my core values or anything. And I was like, I need to understand who I am, mm. what I want. Like, yes, there's ideas and, you know, life has conditioned me or made me believe that this is what a successful life looks like but what does it actually look like for me Mm. so I think doing the work and I think it's important like to be surrounded by a good support network and if Mm. you don't have that then I think getting around you know groups like that create a good community environment Mm. for you to be surrounded by good people but it's definitely ritual journaling meditating going to the gym praying and getting yourself around healthy people that want to see you succeed Mm. um and you know it is hard because when you've been surrounded by this culture of going out getting drunk taking drugs you kind of just go through this lonely transitional period where you're just like wow like what do i do now Mm. and i think that that time yes it's really hard and yes it is lonely but i think it is so important to experience that because it's probably the first and only time between you know changing your life here and getting to here that you do sit alone with your thoughts and actually Mm. deal with the trauma that you once escaped through the outlet of drugs drinking and alcohol whatever you resist will persist Mm -hmm. so sometimes that alone time which is the hardest thing for people and that's i think when people are oh fuck it let's just go get fucked up yeah because they can't sit with themselves. We're not taught to sit and regulate our nervous system or express emotion or heal emotion or just feel emotion. Mm. And honestly, it is so true. Like what you do resist will persist. It'll show up in the way of a relationship with even a friend or a male or whatever it is. But these things that you don't heal will continue to show up in your life in different ways until you actually go back and do the work mm-hmm. and heal that trauma. Yeah, It's just, and it has every mm. time like until i'm like okay cool and i can be super stubborn i'm like i've learned that lesson <laughs> <laughs> and it shows up again no and, no 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 and i'm like would you just fuck off <laughs> i get the message it's just like i don't want to go back to the bags just <laughs> come on it's done is it done no it's not but i think as well like to be completely honest like i knew there was a problem with me not just with drinking and drugs but like men money and power are still things that i could potentially be tempted with so mm. whilst my vice in this way in this day is very different like you probably couldn't tempt me now with drugs and alcohol like I can be around it Mm -hmm. and I am around it a lot still because unfortunately that's just what our generation is like yeah so you just you don't have any inkling you don't have any temptation you're just like yeah it's it's there but I don't have any interest these days which is so wild because never in a million years did I ever think that I would get to this place like Mm. That was growing up for me. Mm. Like I always thought genuine connection meant having a nice bottle of wine with someone or having a good time meant sharing 
going to a winery and even with my dad like that was something that we really connected on and even mm. my whole family like one thing we've always loved I remember and I joke about it with my cousin but in order <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> in order to get our <clears throat> milk intake our grandfather used to put Baileys <laughs> in a cup when we were like six years old <laughs> and stick a Skittles to I mean, an M&M to the bottom so we'd drink the milk mm. and we're like you didn't need to put the baileys in there like we're sick so what's happening here didn't the the m&m suffice like nah put the baileys in as well and that was just like back in the day like you obviously didn't have the <clears throat> awareness around you know you're essentially creating someone who is going to rely on alcohol for the rest of their life too because you have those trauma bonds right mm. so attachment and connection and love always came through in drinking for me and my mm. family like it was such a big thing and i feel like even just with the friendship circles and everything you do sit down and you can have a nice glass of red wine i can't but mm. i think some people can can they apparently yeah <laughs> what's that like yeah, no. <laughs> one glass and it's that glass that's like this big yeah just, literally like, that's, that's me yeah. <laughs> that is actually me and it's a shame because i really genuinely loved having a nice glass of red wine especially with my dad and i do miss you know just sitting down but now instead of having a glass of and he will still have a glass of red wine mm. but i'll have a mocktail yeah and you know it's now I've got a sober mind, I've got a sober lens, like we're actually connecting and having a conversation mm. on such a deeper level that it probably wouldn't have allowed us to get to that place. And for, if we did, we'd never remember it because mm. we were probably so fucked up anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do believe that, yeah, being sober enables serious, genuine connection with people mm. and people that you want to connect with. Yeah. Because when you're going out and getting drunk, you're connecting with people who don't really care about you anyway. Yeah. Or you think you're under the illusion that you're connecting and then you just black out and then the next day you don't remember a thing. And I think like, yeah, like the connection with people is like the main course. And then for some people, just the condiment on the table is a glass of red. Whereas I guess for like me and you, like that's the main course. And then if we have a conversation, then that's, that's, a, that's the condiment. And yeah, then we just forget about it the next day because that was always me. Because even like this year, like chatting and being in these communities and then chatting with people and actually listening and oh, I'm taking this in, oh, I'm actually connecting with someone. Oh, this is, this is, I guess this is what this is like because I never used to do this. It was just went over my head just quicker than, you know, the beers went back in me. So uh, it is a lot better. And a lot easier, yeah, to connect with people with a sober mindset. And it's better for you, for mm. sure. And it's chaotic. Like, mm. drinking and being in that space was super chaotic for me. Mm. Like, I only experienced life through the lens of chaos up until 18 months ago. Mm. I didn't even know what it was like to live a peaceful, calm life. <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah. And, you know, anyone who knows me and has known me for a little while, they will know that like growing up was chaotic mm -hmm. um and because drugs and alcohol were always the forefront mm. um in a lot of relationships i had and especially in our family group so when i decided and i think that was probably the catalyst it's kind of like i was getting at an age where having a f relationship and a family was something that i would now consider mm. It was like, A, I want to engage with someone on a genuine level that isn't just based on lust or physicality, which I think this day and age, most people engage, they either sleep with them and then build their relationship off sex. Mm. And then 
that's never going to last. But it's like <laughs> the same thing. It's yeah. just, you know, I was like, okay, well, what, what does my future look like? And obviously I hope one day to get married and have kids, but I never wanted to create the same environment that I had. And I'm not saying it's bad and I'm super grateful for everything that's happened to me, but I just know that the environment I want is one that's free from addiction. And mm-hmm. I never want that addiction chain to go into the next generation. Yeah. Like generational curses, I believe, are a mm. real thing. And I yeah, like, you want to break the cycle. And I did, 100%. I was like, it ends with me. Mm. Like, no longer will I sit here and create the same shit. And there's no way. Like, it was just not an option. So I think that was definitely the catalyst to be able to create a life that I'm proud of, obviously, for myself, but create an environment where I'm happy to bring mm. children into this world. Mm. And having someone who was relying on drugs and alcohol is probably not the greatest example to set for your kids. Yeah, absolutely. So... I mean, it sounds like, you know, you don't want to sort of talk down on the way you grew up because that was just the way you grew up. It just sounds like, oh, I think I can create a better environment mm. instead, and which is fine. And I think that's noble. And like, I, I remember being in rehab and then seeing, interacting with addicts who are like, I'm trying to get my family back. And yeah, like if I have kids who I know, I would want to put them way above me mm. having <clears throat> a need to go get fucked up. Like, I think that's way more important. Mm. Um, so... I looked at those people, yeah, who were like trying to get their wives back, trying to get their kids back, get their kids to talk to them again. And yeah, saw that. It was like, oh, well, you're in a good spot. You got nobody. I had nobody. So I just said, get sober for me. So that was kind of a, a wake up call. And you've, I mean, I've met a few of your friends um, in the gym. I mean, you attached to the hip to Jesse and then I met <laughs> Devin as well. So how, I guess, they're probably very supportive of your lifestyle choices because, yeah, yeah they're, you, you're attached to the hip. <laughs> it seems. Yeah, and I think that is the most important thing mm. is finding people who support you. Mm-hmm. And I never knew a life that didn't involve having a friendship circle around the centre of going out and drinking. Mm. And you think you have good relationships with these people, but it was always like, oh, come over for a wine. Whereas these friendships are actually real friendships. Mm. Our interests align. We go to the gym, we go for walks. Like there's actually a genuine level of joy and laughter and connection and knowing that that person is going to be there for me Mm. and there's no transaction or there's nothing attached to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in saying that, I've got some incredible friends that I've had for 15 years that I know will have my back for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But it's – I met them when I was – 14, 13, 12, 10, you know, like it's in adult life, like it is actually quite challenging and I think I can understand why people do find going out and meeting new people daunting is Mm. because people have established friendships back then and they've, you know, got the same friends for years and years Mm. and years. So getting to an age of, you know, approaching 30, I am 30, wow. Um, (laughs) Your birthday was recently. (laughs) I know. Dirty 30s, you know. And it's so interesting. Like someone said to me, that, how do you celebrate now that you're – sober and I was like I can understand that question but Mm. I think birthdays now are so different for me as well because I celebrate life every day Mm. so I don't really do anything on my 30th birthday that was something that I wouldn't do any other day of the week Mm. so I just went to dinner with my closest friends but we would do that regularly anyway um you know we went to an escape room but these are all things that I would do anyway Mm. um and I think that's the thing it's just I have a reason to celebrate my life every day now Mm. not just once a year so I think that you know on my birthday it was a great time for reflection like what does the last 12 months look like for me and what is the next 12 months of my life going to look like but yeah back to the friends I um I have really incredible friends both both long and new Mm -hmm. 
ones. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely show me your friends and I'll show you your future yeah. is a real thing. Mm. Um, and I think that's if you want to be healthy, get amongst the gym. If you mm. want to be successful, start circling around people who are successful. Mm. You can only achieve what you put out. Like the mm. law of attraction is a real thing. What you put out, you get back. Mm. Um, and that comes in the way of relationships. Like if you're attracting bad relationships, there's probably a reason for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I feel very blessed. Yeah. And I think, I mean, back to when people ask, because I've, you know, you get asked, oh, how do you have fun now that you're not drinking? And it's, it's something you have to explore. And I guess for us, we've had to explore it because we've t- we took out drinking and drugs to, I guess, the extreme Thanks. levels where we had to stop. And then, okay, well, now we're forced to figure out mm. and learn, well, yeah, what, what can we do to have fun? And, then, you know, it's a different kind of fun, you know. Mm. I guess if people are still in that gray area where they can somehow still balance a life of this, th- this thing and then have their normal life mm. as well, uh, they might not be needing to to explore that but i mean i always encourage people to do so because i think yeah they'd be better off because spending every weekend yeah getting on it you know i i wished i woke up from it years ago but Me yeah I, I i kept going for a long time so, yeah, slow learner apparently yeah but you know what i think we're only 30 mm. and i think we I'm 32 still have, oh fuck you're old <laughs> <laughs> But I think we have the rest of our lives, right? Like Mm. we can live to we're 80. Mm. So that's 50 years that we still have left to experience life in its fullest. Mm. Whereas these people are like, fuck, like what do you do? Like not drinking. And I'm like, have fun. Mm. Like I got kicked out of the casino the other day because I thought I was drunk. Yeah. And I was like, like, you are very, you are very extroverted and social, you know. Well, I can still go out and have Mm. a great time. Mm. And, you know, I was dancing and, you know, I probably shouldn't have been on the table in the club, but I was just like having (laughs) the best time. And the security guard's like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Mm. I said, for what is it? You've had too much to drink. And I was like, I don't drink. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine how many times he would have heard that before? Mm. Like, I haven't had any. Yeah, whatever. don't drink and he's like well what do you want i said i'm high on life Mm. like for the first time it felt so good that i was actually having a great time dancing with my friends and having a good time Mm. and i actually remembered it yeah yeah and it was just wild to think that it's quite sad that the security guard thought that i was intoxicated and that's why i was having so much fun and that's Mm. why i was acting in that way but i'm Mm. like that's just who i am yeah um yeah, wild. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need drugs and alcohol to have a good time. No, you just got to be willing to explore it. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, step out, I guess, because yeah, I guess for a lot of people that would be uncomfortable, and that's where they, all right, well, I'll just numb out with a mm. with some drugs and alcohol, and then now I can ease into the environment. Whereas, yeah, if you are willing to just step into it without any need to to, mm. ch- to check out for a little bit, um, yeah, there's growth on the other side. Need, I mean, that was the thing for me was going out and socializing sober i mean first yeah it, it sucked but mm. it was like i avoided it for two years and then i went overseas and relapsed anyway so i was like well i guess you avoided it and you still relapsed so you're gonna have to dip your toes in the water and give it a go so mm. then that's what i did and then it got easier over time and then yeah i don't have any like you said like i don't have any desire or 
temptation to drink again because I just know where it leads. And I think when you experience life in its full being sober, mm. I ask myself now, what is, is there anything positive about drinking? Mm. And I can safely say the answer is no. Mm. I get my time back. I'm not spending my whole, the following day in bed, eating Uber Eats, feeling shit, feeling sorry for myself because victim mentality is a spiral, right? Mm. You go out, you get fucked up. You do things you wouldn't usually do when you're sober Mm. that generally lead to maybe not regret, but you don't feel great about yourself. And then, you know, you have wasted all of this time. Like you can't get that time back Mm. and it doesn't just end, especially when you get older. Like the hangover doesn't last one day anymore. It Mm. lasts a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, oh, anyway, I may as well just get fucked up again Mm. to escape that. And you just find yourself in this cycle. So I'm like, there's literally not one positive because I can still go out and have a great time with my friends and have a mocktail. Mm. And it's just like, and I think I read something the other day. It might've even been on your Instagram, but drug alcohol is the only drug that you have to, explain why you're not doing yeah. it which is so wild yeah. and you know that's at the start i was kind of like oh do i just go and like get a soda water with lime in it so people think i'm drinking mm. and then i'm like no that's i'm not doing that mm. because i'm not here to please anyone i know while i'm doing this and i know that eventually i'll get to a place where i'm strong enough and hopefully inspire someone to even get curious about sobriety mm. but now when people ask me why aren't you having a drink i'm like why are you having a drink oh that question <laughs> Oh, that's a that's that's a that's a that's a tough one. Yeah. And they either just run <laughs> yeah, so yeah, far yeah. and they never ask me again, mm. which is I'm like, you know what? And I'm not scared anymore because I'm mm. just like, I know how good life is and what I'm capable now that I never would have dreamed of mm. had I still been vibrating on this very low frequency of addiction. And you do attract the right, wrong people into your life when mm. you're here. And now that I know what life has to offer me, being sober, we are limitless human beings mm. like we are actually capable of doing whatever we want which yeah. is a pretty epic thing and i think you don't believe in yourself enough when you're drinking and taking drugs to actually go and grasp that mm. so you don't even explore it yeah so then people just stay in this paradigm nine to five which is just wild for mm. me because i just think when you live in a world with endless opportunity but your life is just here stuck confined to the spaces of working nine to five going out on a friday night getting fucked up being hung over and then you do it all again for the rest mm. of your life, fuck that. Yeah. Like that is not the life I want to be living. <laughs> and when you start to experience how good life is, the opportunities just never stop. Mm. And yes, don't get me wrong, there are days like still that I struggle. There's no doubt about it because it's a different struggle. Mm. But it's just like you will have wins over and over and over again if you commit to that and consistency is key. Mm. And that's all you have to do is just remove the alcohol. And I think people like it's easier said than done. Just make a choice and stick to it. Mm. Like stop overcomplicating. Stop thinking what if this and what if this. Just do it. Mm. And then every day just try again and again and again and again. And then over time you'll be like, it's like that 1% better. Mm. It's just like go out one weekend and not do it. Mm. But you know what? The people who generally are the ones speaking shit on me for not drinking, it's just like, babe, you're the ones that life needs the most work. Mm. And I'll pray for you, absolutely. But stop trying to drag me down. Yeah, yeah. Level up. Mm. Get yeah. rid of this shit because yeah. it's not serving you. Yeah. And you look like a fuckwit. <laughs> like, but you know what? Like they're yeah. going out and they're pretending that their life is so great on social media, but it's like you are so empty. You're so you're seeking so far out of yourself. So far out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're seeking so far outside of yourself to fill this gaping hole that can't be filled with drugs and or alcohol. Mm. It just can't be. Mm. It takes to be able to fall in love with yourself 
completely, which takes a lot of work mm. and it's a everyday job. Like yeah. you don't just wake up and do it once a month. Like you mm. have to commit to I love that. myself now. It's all done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish it was that yeah. easy. And it's definitely not, but it's just like stop with the excuses. Like we mm. live in a day and age where it's just like, oh, tomorrow, mm. tomorrow. Monday. No. Today. Like, oh, yeah, I'll start that diet tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll start on Monday. Just start now. Just start now. Just start. Mm. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. Nothing. Like, you might just wake up in 12 months' time be like, I just started. That's mm. all it did. Like, And I think that's sometimes what people are like, you know, expecting this outrageous life advice. And it's like, just start. Yeah. It's all pretty simple. There's no, like, magic like magic, yeah, magic thing. It's it's pretty simple, yeah, to just start and make a choice. And you just need the right tools. Mm. Like when you start to feel something, write it down. Mm. Like don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Go for a walk. Go to the gym. Don't call your girlfriend and say, let's get have a glass of wine. Mm. Like change that pattern in your head mm. that once was let's have a glass of wine or let's get a bag or let's go out or go have sex with a random guy because I promise you, you will feel worse for it. Mm. Like sit in it, lean into this discomfort because when you can do that with an emotion, you can almost do that with any area of your life. Mm. And then you become one of the most powerful beings. Like yeah. you start to realize what you're capable of and that shit can get scary sometimes mm. because you've got to be really careful between ego and what you can achieve yeah. within because I think sometimes when you operate from this place, you can slip into ego and be like, oh, I'm so powerful. Like there's no I in that, I don't think. I think it's just understanding that when you do commit to yourself 110%, you really are capable of doing mm. whatever it is. Like if you can believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Mm. That's all it is. Like, And I know it sounds a lot easier said than done, and there are probably practical steps, but really just write shit down mm-hmm. is get it out of here onto the paper because then that becomes a goal. Yeah. Like it's not just a dream anymore. It's mm. not just an idea. It's something that you've physically written out to be able to take the steps and reverse engineer. If you've mm. got this idealistic goal, reverse engineer from that. Mm. And first things first, get rid of the drugs and alcohol because mm. you can't operate with it. You need to operate with a sober mind. Mm. There's, that is the game changer above all. You've got clarity. I didn't even know that clarity existed until yeah. I was sober. I was like, what is happening? I just know it's a John Mayer song. That's it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's wild. It is really wild. Well, speaking of, I guess, the choices and you, you implementing this, this is what leads to brush it off. So where is the brush? We have to. It's down here. There when you is. said there's no magic, I was like, I think there is. I think it's in the form of this. Yeah. Like, this is magic. <laughs> it's even called the brush it off wand. Yeah, the brush it off <laughs> wand. So how did it, when did it come about? You're like, okay, I'm going to make the original refillable toilet brush. Well, the first sketch I found actually the other day, and it was February 2017. Um but, you know, like I've mentioned, the lifestyle I was living probably didn't align with that of an aspiring entrepreneur, mm-hmm. not one that wanted to be successful yeah. sustainably anyway. Um, That's a, Well, you had an expensive coke habit that would have gone into the budget. <laughs> seriously, and I don't think there's only so much you can allow for entertainment yeah. <laughs> without the ATO asking questions because my drug dealer was obviously never going to give me a receipt. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't claim that. But, yeah, I have always kind of had... And in a knowing that that nine to five wasn't for me. Mm. Um, and I have had businesses before and ideas that I've kind of started and never really finished. And this was one thing that I knew that I had to see it out to the mm. very end. Um, so the idea kind of came to me 
I'm pretty OCD, mm-hmm. um, so I like a clean home, but I also like it to be aesthetic and functional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, having the awkward detergent bottles lying around just was not it for me. So mm. one was in the laundry and then I'd have to go and get that. And I was just like, this is annoying. Like, mm. we like convenience, right? Yeah. So then I was washing my dishes with a dishmatic wand, you know, the thing that you put the detergent in. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to just Google and buy one for the toilet. There's got to be one, right? Mm. Anyway, I was Googling and I was like, I can't find it. Yeah. Then I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> like all my friends are like, oh my God, I'm going to be a millionaire. You found, the, you found a hole in the market. I did. And then, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I started, you know, sketching and coming up. I didn't have the name, obviously. It was the, the idea first. Um, and then I just would do things here and there and write and I'd call someone and then I called a graphic designer, got my logo done, registered the business name and then it was just like four years of just procrastination. And, mm. You know, you do circle with that doubt. Um, am I good enough? Am I worthy mm. of this? Is this going to pay off? Like, is this even a good idea? Mm. And then I was like, no, this is a great idea. Yeah. Um, and so then obviously the name kind of brush it off was born because Mm. I was like I have to brush off the shit like there's so much behind the brand um, that doesn't probably you can't doesn't explain in the way of a toilet brush but there's going to be shit in life regardless and I think I've probably explained a little bit of the shit that I've faced in life Mm. that I quite easily could have fallen victim to yeah I could have used the excuses and what's happened to me as a way out or a reason why I was just going to continue circling these bad behaviors but I was like no, there's shit in our life for a reason and it's here to teach us a lesson. It's mm. what we do with that lesson that is ultimately going to either pull, push us forward or hold us back. Mm. And I was like, I'm not being held back anymore by the shit. Like there is pain, power in our pain. I genuinely believe that we can either use the, the pain that we experience in life as power mm-hmm. and do something about that by brushing off the shit mm. and moving forward and then hopefully inspiring others that they are capable to do the same. Mm. Or we can just shit and live a shit life. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you can just scrub off the shit in yeah. all of your life mm. and just do better. If mm. you want better, you have to do better. Like, it's pretty simple. Mm. So, I guess this was more or less a constant reminder to me every time I saw this. I was like, you know what? There is going to be opposition and I'm okay with that now. It mm. doesn't scare me anymore. I now have the tools <laughs> <laughs> to be able to brush it off and move forward. Yeah. Um, brush, brush your shit. Yeah. And everyone needs one, not just because it's epic, but because Mm. it is a constant reminder that every day we're going to have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. Like talking about a toilet brush or the shit in your life isn't glamorous and it's definitely not something that I envision for myself. Mm. But here we are. And I think, you know, it is, yeah, it's a constant reminder that if you do clean the shit in your life, Mm. you can do some pretty amazing things. Yeah. yeah, so it starts with cleaning the skivvies in your toilet with this. <laughs> and so I guess what's this, like you got a little pouch thing down here, is that? Yeah, so this is the tray. So mm-hmm. obviously my OCD and hygiene is really something else. <laughs> but anyway, so this is a silicon which these come on and off. So in order, so you don't have to replace the whole thing, mm. you can just replace these when yeah. you see fit. Um, but you put the detergent in here. Yeah whatever detergent you like. And then because... Oh, you'll have to get into your own detergent next, you know. I mean, maybe not. 
<laughs> we actually did look into it, but you have to kind of be FDA approved if a child oh, takes that. it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not responsible for the murder of a little kid that yeah. decides to drink it. That's just not it mm. for me. Um, but yeah, so this obviously silicon brush head, so the Brit, the shit doesn't get stuck in here, which is gross. Um, <laughs> and it's also naturally antibacterial and water repellent, so there's not as much residual water that transfers from the toilet mm-hmm. back in here. And then this absorbs that residual water, if yeah. any, when transferred. And you can also add essential oils as well. And then whenever you see fit, you kind of just replace that and put a new one in and you never have to change that dirty water at the bottom ever again. No. <laughs> Which is gross because people leave their shit lying around for way yeah. too long. <laughs> you got to clean your shit. you yeah, got to brush it, it, clean it and get rid of it. Absolutely. And that's it. Like I think... You know, even that, it's just like we if we leave something there, like it will create and it will lead to toxicity, mm. right? And that toxicity is in the bottom of your thing and it's also hidden within us. And I do mm. believe that if we don't deal with that, it's a game over. Yeah, and there's people thinking it's just a toilet brush. It's like, no, this is more than a toilet brush. This it is. is. This is about your life. If and- you're the one that's saying it's just a toilet brush, you probably need it. <laughs> <laughs> if my spirit's irritating your demons, buy one. <laughs> And it's got, I guess, you've got here, on. we've got your Instagram here, so I've, that's where I've read off your little mm. intro. Profit for purpose. Profit for purpose, yeah. Let's let's go into that. So what's the purpose, for, profit for purpose about? Well, I think because my journey obviously started long before I came up with the idea, but since 2017, it's taken me quite a while to get from concept to execution. Mm. And that was probably solely because of, my priorities. Mm. Um, obviously, my life didn't really align with that of yeah. someone who wanted to be an entrepreneur anyway. So we donated a dollar from every product sold um, to give back to the community and inspire, like to help other aspiring entrepreneurs commit to themselves and realize that they are capable. Um, you know, so that could look like we're having an event. Um, so people, it's like a networking mm-hmm. place that people can come and we can, over time, there's the vision for the profit for purpose is to help them really mm. i should probably learn to say this better <laughs> oh it's fine it's your first podcast you know <laughs> but i think it's just providing support like start up to success by providing that support for people so it doesn't take them five years because not many people are that patient to last five years mm. they're kind of like want an instant fix and then they're gone mm. business is probably not for you if that's the case but um yeah i think that sometimes we just need a little bit of support and someone to speak life into us to you know recognize and understand that we are capable of so much more but it does come down to the people you're surrounded by and I don't know if there is a lot of places here on the Gold Coast that are, you know, there's a lot of biz- business and networking mm. opportunities but this is kind of something that even I need for myself mm-hmm. um, to be able to get back into the community and, you know, share my story and be real and just allow a safe place for people to come to be able to talk about, yes, business but also life and then how we can kind of add value and help them to be able to commit to themselves and actually do something that they want with their life and live a fulfilled life. Like it's just my dream and my goal for people to live a fulfilled life, break away from that nine to five paradigm if that's something that they want to do and be- like help them to believe in themselves enough so that they can mm. achieve that. Because, yeah, it's a fucking jungle out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, we'll be putting links for this in the... Um, in the bio of the episode. So if, if, you, if you're looking to brush your shit off, then fucking get one of these up here. Um, 
because it's a good incentive yeah i think i think that's great and it's it's like i, I would i would have just looked at it, it's just like fuck that is like you've you've found a little hole in the market oh well there's a toilet brush that doesn't have detergent in it so it's like oh that's that's smart and all in one concept all in one concept (laughs) and it's like us as human beings we're all in one right Mm. we have it all we need inside of us we just have to utilize it yeah well thank you for joining me today georgia what a conversation it's been to learn a bit about you and your and your toilet brush and brushing your shit off (laughs) i do like to end it with a particular question you've already known what the question is uh do you have a funny embarrassing story if it's on the drink if it's on the wines and lines on wednesdays if you wish to share with us today okay so it was probably the time that i lost my license for drink driving i had always drank drove Mm -hmm. i had always been I was like, oh, I'll never get caught. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this one night, I got caught. And I, th- oh, oh, it's just so pathetic. Anyway, <laughs> I got pulled over um, by the police, obviously. And they, you know, got me out of the car. They told me to blow into it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I know you have to. You're actually technically under arrest. I was like, okay. So. I blew into the thing and I blew five times over the legal limit. So naturally I had to leave my car there and it got impounded and they were like, okay, get back, get into the back of the divvy van. I said, I'm absolutely not doing that. Like, mm. I said, I'm claustrophobic. You're going to have to get me an Uber. They're like, I don't think you understand the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I absolutely do. But you're going to have to get, and I said, you're going to have to get me an Uber. Like I cannot get in the back. I'll actually have an anxiety attack. Mm. They're like, get in the back. I was like, okay. <laughs> I got in the back. Got in the back. <laughs> and then in that moment, like I got, everything was a joke to me. Like mm. they were a joke. I was a joke. The whole experience was a joke. I thought it was funny. I got to the police station. Oh my God. Anyway, they're like, we need to take your photo. I'm like, make sure you get my good angle. <laughs> that whole experience. And I've, I'd laugh about it now. I probably shouldn't, but... My rap sheet was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever read in my life. Like, I was so cocky and, like, I just didn't give a fuck about anything. Mm. And I'd, the law, nothing really applied to me. Yeah. I just thought I was so above it. I ended up throwing a chair at one of the offices. Oh. And I, it was just not on. Like, yeah. it was just such bad behavior. And A, because I didn't respect myself, so therefore I didn't respect anyone else, and especially not the law. Mm. And... I just got up and I just walked out of there. I said, you actually can't hold me here against my will and I'm leaving. Mm. And I got up, threw a chair at her, walked out. And I was like, I'm having a cigarette. (laughs) Didn't have a lighter. So I walked back in and I was like, I need a lighter. And then they were just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Mm. And I was like, that's, this is it for me. Like, I can't. I don't know. I don't really know if I have an embarrassing story. I don't really get embarrassed by my actions which is probably a real problem in itself, really. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it's a tough thing, yeah. But it's we're in better places now and, you know, we've learned from our mistakes and grown has become better people mm. these days and what, what you're doing now is far better, it sounds like, for sure. Totally, absolutely. Mm. I think you're too unaware of your behaviour to be embarrassed by it. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> If only I was embarrassed by it, I probably would have given up a lot sooner. Yeah. (laughs) 
and then oh, I mean, for me, it would have been the way I solved that would just to just drink again and mm. then just numb out and forget about it and then just create more problems. So, well, that's what it is. It's more mm. shame than embarrassment. I think. Mm. I think you create a lot of shame, and what do they say? It's toxic shame almost always leads to addiction. It's mm. almost synonymous because you're creating this cycle. The things that you do, your actions are always creating this shame within you, and then you can't, you don't have the tools to deal with it in a healthy way. So it's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I need to get away yeah. from it. So you start drinking, and then it's just like you're in this cycle mm. that you can't escape. But anyway, yeah. we got there. We got there. So good for us. We're here now and we're thriving. 30 flirty and thriving, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, for ta- thanks for chatting with thanks me today, Thanks so much Jordan. for having me. Yeah, it's been a great chat. This is The Last Drinks Podcast. I'm Will Hitchens and, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Brush your shit off. Brush it off, baby. <laughs>